Welcome to Indie Radio, broadcast number 57. Indie Radio is an indie game development talk show which is here to bring you interviews with both large and lesser known developers, recap the latest news, debate about topics in indie gaming, and to give you some tips and tricks for your journey into game development. Today is March 14th, 2015, and I will be your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting live from the Midwest, United States. And I will be your guest. My name is Dominic Yuan. Most people call me Dom. And I'm a graphic designer and illustrator, mostly in 2D art. And also a design student, a game designer, and uh, yeah, make some games and art, and let's talk about that. Uh, also, if you are listening into this live, we do have an IRC channel, which is available on the Indie Function website under the radio page. Or else, if you have an IRC client, it is the afternet.org network, and the channel is just Indie Function, uh, I-N-D-I-E, Function. And you can jump right in there and chat with us during the show, ask us questions, or, you know, just goof off and do whatever you want. All right, so we're going to jump into the news. Uh, quite a bit's happened since our last broadcast. It's kind of the whole uh, big GDC PAX time right now. So there were a bunch of announcements at GDC and PAX with games. There's quite a few that stood out to me and I was super excited about. But overall, like GDC and PAX is just a blast. I wasn't even there, and all the news that was coming in was like, oh my gosh, awesome. Yeah. Do you get jealous at all during GDC and PAX? Because mm-hmm. I did, like... All my friends were there, and yeah, this was. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, yeah. I my Twitter stream for the entire week was just GDC this, GDC that pictures. I was like, ah, I'm stuck in snowy Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was stuck in Germany. Like, I'd rather not read anything on Twitter during that period mm-hmm. of time. Yeah, it's devastating. But yeah, what happened? Yeah, no, there were there were a bunch of announcements by. Uh, studios and big companies like uh, Unity finally launched Unity 5, which they've been talking about for way too long now, probably like close to a year, and they finally released it, uh, and they introduced a new pricing model. Um, All the features are available for free uh, through the uh, free edition, which is, what? What? Even all the modules, uh, as far as I know, are uh, free. Um, there are a couple things with Android and iOS that you do have to buy the full edition for, uh, but for the most part, like everything in Unity is free now, and uh, it's free up to I think ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollars in profits, and then you got to buy it. So if you're okay with a splash screen, uh, saying with the Unity logo at the beginning of your game, just get the free edition. Why not? And then there's tons of new features. Uh, I think they've already put out 5.0.1, so they've already fixed some bugs, and it's really exciting. I already downloaded it. Uh, are, do you use Unity, Dom? Uh, yeah, we use Unity for our current project. Uh, like I, I messed with it a bit. I'm, I'm not uh, really super proficient in it. But yeah, some of some of the stuff that's in Unity 5 right now uh, for free, uh, it's really good to have like those full-screen effects, render textures, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's really exciting. Yeah, no, I I haven't even gotten a chance to really use it yet, but like everything that I've seen out of it is absolutely mind-blowing. And then there were some other engines that uh, did some stuff uh, at GDC, such as uh, Unreal 4, I think, and uh, I didn't really pay attention to that one too much, mainly because I don't use Unreal, and I don't know many indies that do. Um, but they they're trying to compete with Unity and putting out all these new features at GDC. And then it was uh, Valve, right, that partnered with uh, HTC 
and they're working on a new VR headset. Yeah. I yeah. think Valve uh, released some new engine stuff as well, right? It was all, all the developers just going, here's, right. here's the yeah. for free, uh, just make your thing, and yeah, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What is that called? The 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 half or the source source engine should be a source too, right? Source two, yep, that's what it is. And I think all the VR stuff is implemented in that, so uh, you can wow. just go and do all the crazy stuff for your HTC branded device. <laughs> With the HTC Valve thing, it's going to be pretty interesting because Oculus doesn't really have like a release date or any concrete plans that are public, at least. So they, they kind of just seem to be going with the flow until they hit release, kind of like uh, an indie studio would. They just keep on going. But Valve and HTC seem to be taking a much more, uh, I, I guess, structured approach to this. Like, they already have their release plans ready, and they're they're going hardcore at this. They've been, they've been working with this for a while. And it'll be exciting to see what comes out of it. And then also to see if it becomes a fragmented market where each headset kind of has its own games, or if all the headsets get support through some sort of engine, or if they all use the same kind of code, or what. Because each one has different uh, motion sensors and display capabilities. So, And I think, in particular, for, for the Valve stuff, like there will be multiple devices for different users, and I imagine that mm-hmm. like there will be some games that make use of a very, very specific technical thing that one device has and another maybe doesn't. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think it's really good to have some competition. Like, it's really exciting to see uh, how all the other developers mention, uh, manage to catch up with the Oculus. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have I have the Dev Kit too right here, and uh, while it's super amazing to try it out and uh, be be in in this almost like real feeling world where you can look around and stuff, like it's it's not super impressive in terms of the device resolution and stuff. Like, uh, I'm excited to try something else that maybe has like a proper HD resolution in there, mm-hmm. so just 640 that Oculus currently has, uh, where you can count the pixels if you really want to. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. It's exciting times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my uh, old roommate he had an Oculus, and it was it was fun to play with. So yeah, uh, do you have the DK one or the DK two? Uh, the DK two. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like uh, I, uh, at first I totally didn't know that you have to set up all these other. Um, Sensors, like the, yep. I think it's a infrared kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, once you get once you get all that set up and uh, manage to get an actual game running, it's it's super impressive what that thing can do. Like it's this is definitely uh, like a new stepping stone. This is a I would call this a revolution in gaming. Like I'm I'm super excited for the next few years and to just see what kind of crazy things people will come up with. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be super exciting to see everything because it's going to completely revolutionize the game uh industry uh it's i don't think it's going to take over like a lot of people think that oh all games are going to be vr no it's just it's going to be like an addition like the mobile market and the handheld market and you know consoles yeah well yeah i always have to factor in uh convenience and these devices really are not that convenient if you have to stick them uh, on your head and mm-hmm. then uh, like put up all these sensors download uh, very specific games made move everything that. out of the way in your room <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think right now it's, it's more of a developers for developers kind of thing mm-hmm. but um, yeah we'll see how, how far that manages to, manages to take over the mm-hmm. actual consumer market yeah if, if this had come out uh, you know 30 years ago I think it'd be completely different like you'd have 
uh, arcades. And I can see arcades coming back because of VR, because it'll be really convenient to go to an arcade because you don't have to buy the headset, you know, because it's going to be a couple hundred dollars. You don't have to get a room that's big enough in your house and move everything out of the way. You can just go to an arcade and they already have it set up there for you. So, yeah, maybe they'll... I just really hope that, uh, like, it'll be... Um, like the competition will maybe drive the price down a bit for individual dev kits or the devices themselves. Mm-hmm. But then I just hope that making actual games on them uh, will be super easy, uh, and and that way we can uh, not just get all those cool roller coasters you can ride, but actually interesting games on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just about done with our news. I'm thinking about what else. Uh, the IGF happened. Outer Wilds won the grand. Seamus McNally Prize. Our interview next time, Felix Kramer, she is currently running a third round of the Cuties Killing Video Game shirts, so if any of you guys want to go buy one of those, I have one. It's it's actually really awesome. Uh, you can go to teespring.com slash cuties, and uh, if you're not able to get to that link, we will have it on the page afterwards, and I'll also put in the IRC in a second. Shout um, out to Felix. all right so it's in the irc so if you guys want to check that out the shirts are like 15 dollars, and they come in a light blue and black so and there's also a bunch of different options you've got women's fit tee american apparel crew uh v-neck uh hoodie which is 30 dollars uh unisex tank and another v-neck uh so there's tons that tons of options uh for you all right so we're gonna get into the interview now and we've already had one two three questions in the irc so i think we should get through those first so uh davy jones asks uh dom what stroke do you use mostly in your illustration uh the one that that you the one i'm guessing he's saying the one that you use for the uh the radio show looks like some sort of marker yeah, Marcus. Uh, hi, Davy Jones. That's a really, really good question. Um, like, I think first and foremost is my exceptional talent that makes a stroke look like that. But other than that, um, like, I, I use custom brushes a lot in Photoshop. Like, I, I've been using the standard ones for the longest time, and then last year finally uh, wisened up and made the decision to get some custom brushes. Like, the ones I, I currently use the most are brushes by Kyle T. Webster, uh, who's really, really good at. Uh, emulating like pencils and watercolor and markers and stuff like that and uh, the one i use for that particular drawing is called the uh, rough inca it's in his uh, super mega brush package that uh, we should link at some point i guess uh, yeah and those brushes are just the best like it feels actually like like a proper marker on paper and that way it's, it's so comfortable and easy to draw and I think a, a lot of my style actually comes from that brush and uh, the way I, I use it and yeah, it's, it's great, great stuff Alright, and then uh, DVJ asks uh, do you use Game Maker? Is that Davy Jones as well, I wonder? Um, Maybe. I, oh yeah, it, I think it is <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm mess with Game Maker a bit, like I know the basic fundamentals, uh, I haven't really made any proper games in it but I try to um, like get to know it a bit right now um, I'm, at the same time I'm looking at Unity and Stencil and all that stuff uh, and, and there's lots of similarities in the way you structure 
uh, your actors and uh, instances and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Game Maker, I think, uh, while I don't use it super intensely, it's a really cool tool to start out if you if you think about getting into games. And uh, actually, a lot of uh, huge games were made in Game Maker uh, where you couldn't even possibly tell it in some cases, mm-hmm. like uh, Nuclear Throne, uh, Hotline Miami, uh, all that kind of stuff. Like th- that's that's how you. Uh, exceed in game maker I guess and uh, yeah it shows that while it's really simple uh, there's lots of possibilities to make really really cool stuff in it mm-hmm. and then Dishpish asks uh, as a German how did you become so fluent in English hi Dishpish uh, thank you very much that's very kind um, back when I was 14 I think uh, I'm, I'm 23 right now by the way uh, I went to Liverpool with a students exchange program for like 9 months uh, so I, I picked up lots of the language there, and um, since like like Germany is very particular about um, dubbing all the movies and TV shows uh, on on TV and in the cinemas, uh, and I, I don't really like that. So I, I used uh, to watch, and I'm still watching lots of uh, uh, TV shows and movies in the original language. And I think I picked up most of. Uh, my, my knowledge in in the English language from uh, like watching watching Scrubs uh, all those those shows uh, back in those days uh, and I think yeah it, it really helps like listening to people uh, talk in English and uh, yeah now that I'm I'm working with people from uh, Great Britain and America a lot uh, like it's, it's it's a necessity to become fluent in it I guess so do you yeah, guys have, do you oh sorry um, do you guys have Netflix over in Germany right now? Yeah, we do. Uh, it was introduced in October, I think, uh, finally, uh, which is great. But like the, the selection on it is super limited, so I have mm. to uh, use uh, VPN plugins in my browser to just set my IP to American <laughs> or uh, British so I can watch uh, like House of Cards and Better Call Saul and all this stuff. Uh, yeah, so it's a bit complex, uh, but I really don't want to download stuff illegally anymore. Uh, so I'm thankful for, for Netflix providing that, but I, I hate how... Uh, that stuff gets um, managed in, in Germany. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a mess, yeah. If anybody's just tuning in now that wants to uh, ask any questions or chat with us, uh, again, we have an IRC channel. It is on the afternet.org network. It's the Indie Function channel. And if you don't have an IRC client, you can just head over to the IndieFunction.com uh, page that has the radio on it, and it's at the bottom of the page. There's a little embed chat. Type in your username, jump in, chat with us. Uh so that was that was another plug. Hope you guys enjoyed it. All right, and now back to the interview. So, uh, Dom, uh, you wanted to talk about game jams today and uh, the development process. So, which do you want to tackle them both at once, or do you want to kind of do each on their own? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, let's maybe start with game jams and uh, how people get into them and what they're good for, and then maybe uh, try and. Uh, crystallize some of uh, some wisdom for game development as a whole from that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So, what? First off, what's your favorite game jam? Well, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm a bit torn in, in that regard. Like, there's lots of game jams that take place on the internet for the most part. Uh, like, I'd say Ludum Dahl is one of the biggest ones. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, so yeah, that that was really cool. Uh, be, like, it was. Like the first one, I really participated in, and it's uh, super cool because they have uh, they separate between um, you making games as a single person versus uh, forming a team, uh, and they 
they've got a really cool ranking system. They've got all those cool themes they they come up with and they, that you can vote on. And because it's so big, like there's there's always this huge feeling of community while it's going on. And uh, yeah, that's that's really cool to experiment with. On the other hand, um, I had a really cool experience during Nordic Game Jam in Denmark, mm-hmm. uh, where they basically take over this uh, university building with like uh, five stories tall and uh, you, you can just pick your place there and walk around and see cool people making cool games um, yeah and I, I made a game with uh, Yukio there who was on the show uh, two shows ago I think yep a month ago um, yeah uh, that turned out really well like I've, I've met lots of cool people there uh, some of some of which I'm, I'm a huge fan of and uh, yeah, it's, it's always a good time like I, I highly recommend going to Game Jam uh, that, that's near you um, just to just to get a sense of the, the atmosphere and the feeling of it all and then maybe consider uh, doing something as well yeah for sure uh, the first Game Jam that I did I think it was one that I ran actually I, I tried doing Ludum Dare a couple times and it always failed but one day I just sat down and I was like hey I, I think I jumped in the Ludum Dare IRC and I was just like hey anybody want to do a three hour game jam <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really need to release something, so I just slapped something together and was like, "Hey, I finally finished the game." Yeah, like actually finishing something is uh, like the most important part of it. I think, um, like, like lots of people start their game projects and then never get around to actually finishing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's really sad because like you don't have to shoot for high quality in game jams. Like that's one of the most beautiful things about it. Like just just go in it with the expectation of. Uh, making a really shitty game, but finishing it. And uh, yeah, one thing I definitely learned from Game Jam is that you just have to make shitty games over and over again, and eventually uh, it'll be not so shitty, and uh, maybe someday you'll make something that's actually quite nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's you go in and you just need to finish your game, and then if if your game's finished and you want to add more to it or polish it, then you can. But yeah, get get it done first. There. There was an article, I actually brought this up on the last broadcast too, briefly, um, on uh, Gama Sutra, and it was about finishing your first game, and one of the points on there stood out to me so much, and it's brilliant. Um, the guy says that if you want to, um, you know, finish a game finally, sit down and make the first level of your game and then make the final boss. Make it so when you beat the first level, boom, right there it triggers the final boss or the final level or whatever. And then make it so you can beat it. Alright? And then, you know, you've only created a little bit of the game, but it's already done technically. It's it's finished. You could ship it in that state. And it's this weird psychological trick that he uses that instead of you know, having to finish this game and there's so much to do. You already finished it and you're just adding more content to it. And yeah, like in that way, having a vertical slice of your game, uh, I guess you can call it, um, that's, mm-hmm. that's really good. Like, um, and then shooting for the minimum viable product, I guess. Yeah. That's a phrase that's uh, used a lot. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. Just try and finish something that you can play in the shortest amount of time and then there's no... Less, less pressure on you to uh, to watch the scope of the whole thing. Like it's it's really hard to get a sense of how much is left to be made uh, mm-hmm. if you if you shoot for something really small and then uh, go from there. Lots of lots of big games uh, come from little game jam games actually, and that's that's quite interesting to see 
how people manage to make huge things out of their small prototypes even um yeah like i i guess titan saws would be one good example of mm -hmm. that yeah no yeah. i can i can think of a couple uh, i know nuclear throne um i'm trying to think what else yeah there's a bunch i th think no that one was super hot was uh, part of the seven day fps i think and would, yeah yep. that's, that's good huge uh, so yeah, lovers in a dangerous space time was a global game jam one, right? Uh, that could be. I haven't really heard anything about that in a long time, <laughs> but it's, it's, it looks super lovely. I, I really want to play it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember the first time I found it. I thought it was out, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna buy this." And then a couple of days later, I went back and I was like, "Wait, what? It's not out." Looks I need so it. Good. It's crazy. I need it. Yeah. Uh, Titan Souls, question mark? Uh, yeah, Titan Souls is an indie game developed by, uh... Who is it developed by? I know the artist is Andrew Gleason. Um, is, uh, is it Acid Nerve? Is that the, the name of the developer? I think so. Yeah, yeah um... It's, it's on uh, Twitter. I think it's at Titan Souls. Um, <laughs> just look it up on Google. It's, it's, a, it's gotten quite a bit of uh, attention, so you can definitely find something on it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it's... So it's Andrew Gleason as the artist, there's Mark Foster in the team, and there's David Fenn. And they're making a game about shooting one arrow and picking it up again, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it started as a little Game Jam game. I remember watching it on Twitter, like, I kept seeing stuff, and then out of nowhere, Andrew Gleason was like, boom, pixel artist number one. And I was like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> He's also the guy that makes all those uh, those avatars on Twitter for everybody. Oh yeah, those make it really uh, convenient for uh, like shitty people to target the indie community. I've heard. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, good work, Andrew. Thanks. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired! I haven't actually, I haven't actually got one yet. I'm a bit sad about that. Like, I'm, a, I'm a not part of this, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it yeah. it does kind of seem like an inclusive thing. That was one of the first things I thought of. Like, it was just a couple people at first. I was thinking, oh, you know, it's like three or four. But then it became like 30, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of the inside club now. Yeah, well, what can we do? Make games. Make better games. <laughs> get in. Yeah. Become oh, yeah, part I of the Illuminati. What? It's really interesting, like uh, huge games that come out of very small prototypes. And I think it's it's cool to take one idea in the game jam it's solely based on like a one word theme that you get from the organizer so maybe your crazy concept that you developed during the jam and then going and polishing it up and making it this, this proper I don't know if proper is the right term but this bigger thing it's totally viable to to make something small and crappy that's just fun to play for five minutes I think and that's uh, I've made lots of those games actually and uh yeah, maybe some, sometimes it's weird to shoot for a large-scale project that has lots of things going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really good to to go for like a one-day game jam. There's there's jams that last three hours. There's one that that lasts zero hours even. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend <laughs> just picking any engine like Game Maker, Unity, Stencil, Click, whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe pick Twine to make some cool interactive fiction. And then, uh, yeah, just try and make something interesting. Actually, I, I just did the research, and my first game jam was uh, Fuck This Jam. Gonna, oh, sorry. There, there we have the swearing. This is not safe for work now. Um, 
Well, but, but that's the name, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, a jam about making games that you hate in a genre that you hate, rather. Uh, yeah, I did. I did made some interactive fiction with a friend. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, I was. I was trying to uh, participate in that. Where was I going? It was either during the summer or the fall. I was either coming back home to visit family, or I was going out to indicate. Oh, yeah, May thirty first to June sixth. Yep, I was. I was on a plane home. Yeah, I was trying to make a uh, kind of like a Farmville game where you have uh, crops and you grow them. But I I got so bored with the idea halfway through that I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, my, mine took uh, off a bit. Like, uh, we we just did this game that has this, like, the the story is basically that uh, at some point in history, aliens take over the world and uh, enslave people, and that you you read about all these very serious uh, consequences of that, and then in the end, you you discover that they have left a message uh, for everyone to see on the moon. Uh, yeah, and the game is called The Message. I won't spoil the ending. Uh, just just look it up. Uh, and eventually, it it got some attention from Giant Bomb. Like we got what? Uh, the URL of the year award, uh, second place for that, and yeah, it went place. Like it's it's super interesting to see like this this weird little thing that you make just for fun. Like how that can take off uh, unexpectedly. Wow, Giant that was, Bomb! That was crazy. <laughs> so, uh, did they do like a video review? I know they, they mentioned it on the podcast. Uh, yeah, that was back in uh, 2014, I guess. Uh, and they, they always do these Game of the Year deliberations at the at the end of the year. Uh, and they had one cat- category that was just URL of the year. Uh, first place went to Frog Fractions, I think. And we went to second place. So that was really exciting for me. Like making like the, my first game ever, basically, uh, to, to go that place. That was exciting. Yeah, so when when exactly did you start getting into game development? Hmm. Do you even I, know? So, <laughs> so uh, but when I when I moved to Hamburg to start studying design, like I, I, I was always mainly interested in graphic design. Uh, I, I used to do a lot of web stuff. Um, then eventually, uh, I started writing for this German uh, indie games blog called Superlevel. Uh, they're really cool people. Uh, I, I wrote some articles there, was part of their podcast, and uh, in some way got to know people from the industry a bit better. I learned about all the game jams and uh, like what's going on, who are these pe- people actually behind the games, who are the crazy minds made all these uh, cool little toys. Um, yeah, and that led me to uh, j- just just try it out for myself. Uh, and, yeah, and that game, the message, I guess it was, yeah, 2014 was was the first time I actually seriously worked on a game, uh, so that's not too long ago actually. And uh, yeah, I, I I found someone who did the writing. I drew the artwork. Uh, we put it together in Twine, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's a wrap. That's a one game in the <laughs> bank. Uh, I, I did some uh, more or less freelance jobs for uh, games people. Uh, I helped out on Laser Nights uh, with some pixel art and animation. Uh, made my glitch nap. Uh, yeah, that that uh, was one of the highest rated uh, games on itch.io for a while as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. Uh, yeah, and then then eventually I I picked up Game Maker Unity uh, stencil, just tried out making stuff. Uh, met people like Amaze in Berlin as a festival uh, that's very close to my heart. 
just just went there every year met people from the uh, actual industry making that stuff got friends with some of them uh, we hung out talked about making stuff together and then uh, one thing led to another and here I am making games now yeah, Amaze is coming up next month, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I'll be showing a thing or two there. Uh, that still has to be finished, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. But yeah, it's, it's, are these, it's one of my favorite European things, for sure. Are these one of your secret projects that you said you couldn't talk about? Uh, actually, like one thing we're showing um, is a game I, I made with uh, William Pugh uh, of the Stanley Parable of Fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow. Sean O'Dowd, uh, who's a cool Australian dude, um, we made this game called Bird Ball. That's essentially an HD remix of a, a little uh, couple-hour jam game that William made on his own. Uh, we developed uh, like a proper version with nice art uh, of that. Um, the game kind of has a twist to it. Um, it's it's a very uh, event-specific thing uh, that you. I have to encounter when you're there uh, so I highly recommend checking it out uh, it's in, in late April yeah and uh, yeah basically it's another whole thing we're showing but I can't really talk about uh, all the implications um, and then we're currently working on another thing um, that you will be able to play with your hands and that will be very fun sweet play with your hands play with your hands yes yeah. Trying to think of a game that you don't play with your hands. <laughs> well, there's a couple like Sauce made made one where you smash your head into a keyboard. Like, that would be <laughs> <Yeah>. an example. <laughs> I saw that on Vine. What what is yeah. what is that even called? You know, man, concussion simulator. I don't mm-hmm. know. that it was just a joke, but I, I have no idea. Probably something really cool. He's got with names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I've never been good with. I mean, this show is called Indie Radio. It really shows my creativity there, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you've got, you've got the the main brand indie function. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's very consistent, and you can be proud of that. Like, that's very good. Uh, brand awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that was the idea of a 15-year-old back when we started this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, guys, I've got something cool. Check this out. It's kind of like programming. <laughs> We are the. How indie did you? Function. How did you land in, in all of this crazy games mess? You probably mentioned it a billion times on the show, right? A couple, yeah. But it's <laughs> people listen in, and they might have never listened in before. It's all good. So, are how how did I get into games, or how did I get into indie function? Uh, both, I guess. Okay, I guess um, uh, your love for games eventually led to it, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Um, when I was 12, I had this epiphany that video games could be created because, uh, well, it was middle school. I think it was, yeah, it was middle of sixth grade. It was winter, I was bored, and Google became something more than a search engine to me. Um, I finally realized, like, the full scope of what Google was, um, something that, like, n- nobody else had really picked up on yet, that you could literally search anything on Google. So I was like, oh my god, I'm going to do this. So I booted up Google, typed in how to make PlayStation 2 game. Boom, enter, search. Um, I, I would do this at my library. We didn't have a very good com- computer at home, so I, I was always at the library and doing that stuff. And then I'd look it up for hours, and then I'd try something else. Um, how to make video game. Um, 
and I found all these posts, and some of them had code in it, so I'd get all scared, and I'd, you know, go back to Google. And then, like, page 19 of a specific search, or some something like that, after checking every single link, I f- stumbled onto Yo-Yo Games, and I found Game Maker, and I was like, sweet, cool, this looks easy. I downloaded it, had no idea what was going on. So then me and my buddy went to the library uh, a couple, couple weeks later, March 6th, uh, 2008 <laughs> to be exact and uh, we sat down and I made f- my first little application in uh, Game Maker which was Catch the Clown and then six or no seven years later uh, I'm sitting here and then with Indie Function uh, I was part of a, a Game Maker talk show uh, when I was 12 or 13 um this guy was like, he came into a chat room I was in and was like, hey, I need somebody to fill in. My co-host is gone. And I was like, uh, sure, okay. And then uh, when that shut down, I was really sad. They had a magazine. They were getting really, really big. Um, so I pulled a few of the members from that a year later after they shut down and uh, started Indie Function. And now we're doing talk shows and talking with uh, all these crazy people. And it's it's super fun. Yeah, man. Well done. I'm I'm always so impressed uh, about all these youngsters doing all the cool stuff. Like uh, Andrew Gleason comes to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's he like? Twelve? <laughs> I think I think he turns thirteen. He's a teenager now. Oh, that's that's pretty great. Yeah, it, it just makes me feel so old. And uh, yeah, but I <laughs> I guess uh, I I've got lots of experience in mm-hmm. working in graphics design, uh, so that's good. I I actually started around the, the age of twelve or thirteen as well. Like I think the first thing I did in graphic design was uh, making these really bad Counter Strike spray logos to put up on the on the level walls. Like for example, I would do uh, this model of a counter terrorist uh, that we would spray on the walls. So all this would think that's an actual character standing there. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. You eventually downloaded a comparative copy of Photoshop and uh, never stopped. Actually, I pay for it now, but yeah. <laughs> we we all start with pirated software sometimes. Oh, uh, Yukio just jumped in the chat and he said, "Real life, Dom, you're yeah, so man, young." For me too. Like, this is actually the first interview I, I do in English. That's uh, very exciting. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, that's gonna be like the subtext on your website. First interview in English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good. That would catch some attention. <laughs> Yukio has a browser plugin that changes the word indie to bell end. So, oh yeah, that's a good one. Wow. So uh, <laughs> bell end function. It's really <laughs> funny once you do it. Like I, I, I did the same for a while, and uh, you, you get all these crazy things like the bell end mega booth, uh, <laughs> bell end function. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Okay. I like when when Yuki was on the show. I, I tried asking all these weird uh, questions about bell ends, which is kind of our in joke right now. I'm always like when he when he's streaming from a nuclear throne. I go, hey Yuki, can you can you maybe put a cool bell sound uh, at the final part of your song? You know, like a like a bell end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now everybody's in on the joke. <laughs> yeah, everybody get in on it, man. Bell and mega booth style. <sighs> For whom the bell ends? Oh man. Well, Yuki, when are you streaming next? Because I'm gonna maybe try to boot up uh, Twitch and then you know get that chat going. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you, I highly recommend checking out uh, the Nuclear Throne streams. That's very, very inspiring to uh, see. Do you ever uh, stream on Twitch? Have you ever? 
Uh, I, I'm planning on uh, streaming some, like, on the one hand, I, I want to stream some actual gameplay stuff, uh, just of me talking about stuff uh, in games. Maybe mm-hmm. more from a perspective of someone who makes games as well. Like, yeah, this is this is how you do that stuff. Like, I'm very interested in that, like breaking apart like a game and then uh, talking about it uh, on the internet. Uh, but yeah, I'm eventually I, I think I want to start doing uh, art streams maybe messing with some uh, modeling stuff for Unity uh, especially but yeah we, we're planning some stuff uh, with our current team uh, of four people I think uh, by the way I have to do some shout outs like to, to William Honest William on Twitter uh, he made the standing parallel he's cool I guess uh, then there's Jack the Keat um, who's our, our writer for this project there's uh, Andrew Roper, who works on Volume, uh, who does some code, and we've got uh, the great Grant Kirkhope doing the music. Uh, and I love all, all these people, and we're trying to just think of uh, a cool concept to like blog about our development. Maybe do some streams, uh, live shows, uh, maybe even working on small side stuff uh, for people to uh, to uh, be entertained. Uh, so yeah, that's ex- exciting. For the most time my internet has been uh, really crappy so i'm very happy now that i finally have some proper upstream to actually talk to you <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you That's got a new mic too for or a uh was it like two months ago or something oh yeah like the microphone i had for a while uh it's it's cool let me let me look on the side of it for a second uh that's called the, the road uh a1 i think uh but i but i purchased a new microphone arm that's uh I drew that in the little image I did on Twitter earlier, and uh, yeah, it's very cool. Like I can, I can move my hands about and grab my drink without uh, throwing the microphone off the table. So that's <laughs> that's really weird. yeah. And I feel really professional right now. Awesome. All right. So Yukio asked, uh, "What's the next big thing you'd love to do? Like in all caps, love to do. Oh, all caps, love. Or if you're already doing, what is it?" Uh, so one thing I wanted to do for a long, long time is make a little animated film. Like I'm, uh, I'm kind of new to animation. Like I did some pixel art animation, and I'm currently doing some animation for a current project. But I, I really want to make this uh, short little animated film that's maybe like two or three minutes. Like that's one of my project very close to my heart. I did some sketches for that. Nothing really happened in that regard. But yeah, that I want to. I'm going to get into animation more. Uh, end up as a storyboard artist on some huge show or something. Uh, and then obviously what, one thing uh, I'm doing right now that I all caps love a lot is uh, yeah, working with my current team. Like we've, we've kind of been together in more or less the same constellation for uh, almost a year now. And uh, yeah, that's it's just it's a, it's a dream come true working with these people. Actually, getting paid for making something that you really love, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm working uh, towards a game on a platform that I uh, never made something for, uh, and doing all the things that I've never really done before, such as character animation, uh, thinking about weird stuff that is not necessarily just drawing a PNG in Photoshop. <laughs> and giving it to, to some guy to put in the game, but actually being involved in the design. Um, yeah, and this is basically the first big, big thing I'm making, and uh, I assume the project will last all year, and uh, yeah, this is this is like 
it's, it's a really cool and uh, big and lovely project and I'm very happy about that yeah I can I can feel your excitement over over the air I don't, I don't know how many miles away we are probably something like seven eight thousand but I, I can feel it <laughs> you seem excited yeah, about half this. a planet almost like I'm I'm sitting in <laughs> Hamburg Germany right now by the way uh, this is where I study uh, graphics design at the University of Applied Sciences and they are introducing some cool game related classes uh, next semester which will be cool as well like that's one thing uh, I may end up capital loving uh, as well all caps I mean uh, <laughs> like uh, do, using actual real game projects for education uh, mm -hmm. maybe getting into uh, teaching in that field myself that would be a really cool thing to do in the future yeah, in high school, like halfway through, I got really bored with high school and I was starting to slack off and stuff. So a way that I, I didn't even realize that I, I was doing it to motivate myself, it just sounded interesting. I'd always try to do some sort of programming project or something like um, we had a we had to do a survey in uh, a statistics class and I was like this is going to be the most boring thing ever so I programmed a, a web survey in PHP that calculated all the results automatically for me so people could insert new stuff and it would automatically update I and then it would calculate to see if the results are correct if there's too many of a certain thing and all that and then um, the other one that stands out is uh, I did make a game uh, we, we had this I was in child development. Um, it was a class I decided to take. And we had to teach um, the kindergarten class uh, for an hour a day. Uh, Wait, what's that? Child development? Yeah, so it's it's like well, a, yeah, a kind of like a parenting class. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Yep. Um, and then we had to go to the kindergarten class um, for an hour, uh, five days a week, and teach lessons. And on the last day, I created a... Uh, an iPad game where you gotta like uh, well the theme was uh, space so I made a game where you uh, soar around his little spaceship and grab uh, aliens and bring them back to the <laughs> your little moon planet you know using a bunch of random sprites I found off of Google um, but yeah it's no interesting it's interesting to see how many games uh, end up taking place in space mm -hmm. lots of astronauts and planets and stuff uh, uh, yeah I, I Oh, actually, uh, speaking, I, I should have mentioned it earlier, like speaking of game jams, I, I was part of this uh, documentary series published by Devolver called Super Game Jam. Mm -hmm. uh, like I, w I was in episode two. We had Vlambius, Jan Willem Neiman, and uh, Richard Böser on the first episode. There's, there's lots of cool people in that series, like Tom mm -hmm. Francis, Isidore Gotha, uh Cactus from Hotline Miami, Sosovsky, um and I actually ended up making a space-related game for that as well. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. it's totally cool to... Uh, to like ex If you explain most games, they sound really weird, but then once you play it, like they, they can be something to the concept. Uh, and uh, yeah, grabbing aliens and pulling them to your planet, like that sounds super crazy, but uh, it's, 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 uh, it's always a good, good time and place to um, put your crazy ideas into a game. Mm -hmm. but yeah teaching uh, kids eventually uh, will be seems like super exciting to me uh, just showing people in general that uh, it's anyone can make a game if they, mm -hmm. oh absolutely if to it. Um, because I, I think lots of people think that's a really huge barrier of entry for that uh, 
assuming you have to program everything on your own uh, many are labor looking up all the code on google which i guess is true but um, you can get away with a lot of drag and drop applications these mm -hmm. days um, and yeah just just showing people that if you have a cool idea for a game it's totally possible to um, make that a reality Fantastic. Yeah, no, it, it, with teaching, there's there's the side where you could teach games, and then there's the other side that you can teach through games, and, like, both are super cool avenues. Oh, Yuki's got another question. This is for everybody on the show, or is there anyone else? Okay, um, if you decide on a theme for a huge game jam right now, where all of your favorite uh, game developers join in, what would it be? Oh, man, that's a really good question. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's there's no one else on the show. Like, there's no one uh, just sitting here, listening and breathing heavily. It's just us two. Well, except um, for Ian. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. Are you? <laughs> Do you want to go first? Like, I I think I'll have to think about. Oh, I'm I'm still thinking myself. Um, I did have an answer to this question a while back. There was there was a game jam theme that I really really wanted to do, um, and I was gonna actually run a game jam with it, but I completely forgot. I don't know. I like ones that aren't super vague. Like, uh, there, there's been some really vague Ludum Dare themes the last few times. Um, like, you only get one. Like, it, it's too open-ended. Like, and I, I like stuff that's more of a, like, an actual theme. Like, uh, minimalism was kind of a theme. Um, that one was alright. Yeah. But like but I think like that's that's a very general thing that all uh game jams have. They like you, you end up making a very minimalist game anyway. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think the themes like underwater or space, that's that's really boring stuff. I I really mm -hmm. like the one the first episode of Super Game Jam had, which was breakup. So oh, yeah. people actually had to think about feelings and stuff like that. Uh, like I'd really see um lots of uh, prominent game developers I guess and my, my favorite ones make a game that is about something very emotional maybe like failure uh, your, your fears or something making a game, a game about that and uh, kind of forcing people to put some of their own story and interests and feelings in their game instead mm -hmm. of just making the next uh, shooty space thing yeah like I, I've already got an idea that I would do off of that that could be kind of interesting, and yeah, no, that's a really good one. Um, I'm still, I'm still thinking of mine. Uh, it's gonna take a little bit. Um, let's come back to it. I'll, I'll continue thinking. <laughs> how about, how about you, Yukio? What, or anybody in the chat, really? What, what theme would you do? And now we sit in silence because they, they don't verbally. Oh yeah, talk. that's probably a delay. <laughs> that too. I'm... Having a theme for a game jam is actually a really good thing because you get get pushed in this general direction and then you can uh, use your amazing human brain and come up with cool associations, maybe find a uh, nice little concept that you uh, can base things off of. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, uh, Ludum Dara had um, a theme that was just 10 seconds and I ended up making a game yeah. uh, that you can play once uh, in a 10-second timer runs out and then the game destroys itself forever and the way you played it was that uh, anywhere in the world people had to go to this website and click click a button uh, to reset the, the timer to 10 seconds and uh, otherwise there would be uh, like there's this astronaut girl in the background breathing and her life support systems would shut down if the game <laughs> ran out and eventually it did uh, because uh, the traffic was too much for my web host and they decided to pull the plug Ooh. so 
yeah, that was a hug of love uh, that turned out to be quite deadly. But yeah, stuff like that theme, uh, like 10 seconds or something, or something that's just weirdly specific, like, uh, I don't know, make a game about hairstyles uh, <laughs> of something like that. That huh. can be really interesting. Yeah. I was trying to look up uh, Ludum Dare uh, themes to get some ideas, inspiration. Um, uh, there was this one that I really liked. Uh, it was, or a while back, it was like floating islands or something. And it was just, like, I, I guess I kind of like themes like that, that kind of give you, they give you a snippet of what your actual game would be, kind of, like... Yeah, without to- totally dominating the whole game, uh, mm-hmm. like a theme like underwater would. Um, I guess there can be interesting results in that, but I think most people feel uh, pushed towards something that's very generic, just to play it safe, and yeah. with something that kind of forces you to be very weird about a theme. Uh, the results uh, themselves get get much more interesting. I think. Mm-hmm. You know what? No, I I did come up with an idea of what theme I wanted to do. So there's this game jam that I came up with um, I think just a week ago and the concept is everybody makes the same game. So uh, there's like a design document that everybody gets that says, hey, this is how the game works. Um, so, for example, let's say that um, the idea is Pac-Man. You, It's a top-down game where you run around eating pellets and there's ghosts that chase you. All right, and you know it's it's the base idea, and everybody kind of um, says, "Okay, well, I'll I'll start making this," and everybody takes their own twist on it um, because it's it's concrete enough that every game is going to be the same, but every game is also going to be different because there's enough space to explore things and people add things and even art styles will be different. So in the end, even though all these games came from the same idea they'd all be completely different, so to say. Yeah, I think in general it's good to have a template and you can kind of fill in the blanks on your own. And, uh, yeah, that way you, you're not staring at a blank piece of paper. Like, that's that's a really terrifying thing when you're coming up with uh, ideas for art or games in, uh, in general. So I think, yeah, having having a template that like that, that could be really interesting. Like uh, someone eating pellets in a very literal way, uh, ghosts that are kind of haunting you uh, on a on a i don't know on a cemetery or something mm-hmm. uh, and then i don't know what what weird stuff uh, you, you could do with that but i guess why the results would be very similar i think like like some people it's it's are really really good at uh personalizing things and uh taking it to places mm-hmm. where it's just super crazy I think giving Yoki a, a game like like Pac-Man and remixing it, that could be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, some people would, like, make it all cutesy, you know, cute little ghosts, and then some people would make it uh, that uh, so crazy that it requires an epileptic warning at the beginning, and who knows. Yeah, man. Oh, Yukio finally... Uh, messaged his idea um however he says that mosh boy tweeted it so it's not technically his but uh he likes the concept of remaking a popular game as an art game for a theme 
All games are hard, man. <laughs> what kind of statement is that? Yeah, one word, yeah, though. That could, that could be really cool. Uh, Art games. Just taking... Uh, I guess some of that has already been done. I, like, I'd consider uh, Braid, and that's a shitty example, but I consider that a very artsy uh, Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, taking like this huge IP, uh, I don't know, like Battlefield or something, and then <laughs> turning it into something... Uh, I don't know what we what would be the result? Would it be another Dia Esther? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Who knows? You know, we should we should get some some jams going. <laughs> yeah, what's the shortest jam you've ever been in? Um, it was zero hour game jam. Oh, cool. So so you can say like either technically an hour or zero hours. <laughs> I think mine. Oh, actually, mine was just two weeks ago. Like it wasn't wasn't a whole big jam or even like a event that people could take part in. But uh, I, I was with William Pute in in, um, in West Yorkshire to work on a game, and uh, we were super strung out one evening and uh, weren't really motivated to work on that anymore and super tired. And then we, uh, I don't know. I think Train Jam came up with like making a game in just a few days, and we were like. Making a game in just a few days, I can make a game in a minute. <laughs> so we did. Um, he made a one game in one minute and a Unity thing in one minute. And that was uh, turned up kind of weird. And then we decided to just uh, I will I would draw some art assets in it one minute, and he will put them in a game and make something out of it in one minute. And uh, yeah, we took an extra minute to do some sound effects where it's just our voices screaming. Um, yeah, it turned out really great. Actually, we we did a little trailer for it. Uh, I'll link it in the IRC in a second. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's about like <laughs> I, I just drew this hand with holding a bagel um, that you, you you see in front of the camera, and um, it has a little note on it that says "for mom." So you kind of have to bring it to your mother, but she's not around, and that's just a sign that says it's five miles to mom's house. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I'd consider that very a very odd game. So yeah, yeah, three minutes, man. That was. <laughs> pretty quick I think I I think it was in the slack that I saw that or maybe maybe Jared Cohen sent it to me but somebody was like dude we should do this there should be a bunch of five minute j- or like little games it should be a new breed of uh, a games and I was like that could be really cool yeah I think it's it's very possible to make art assets in that amount of time because mm-hmm. there's, it's just you and your pen basically and uh on the other hand, like in on the code base, you have to come up with logic and an actually working world. Uh, but yeah, I think William managed it really well. Like he basically uh, just made a big green box using, using uh, to use as the floor. Put my sign PNG in that I drew. Uh, he made a particle system to spawn uh, random characters around the player. Used the pre-built first-person control, and that's it. Like it's it's probably uh, possible to make something in, in Game Maker, I guess, as well if you're really good and uh, comfortable with it. Uh, so yeah, I I'd encourage people to shoot for very short games because you kind of have to throw all your ambitions overboard and just go with the flow and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the result, while it probably won't be of high quality, it's always really interesting what comes out of that. Yeah. So we actually even did a song for the trailer and stuff like that. 
went on the warp tour which is pretty cool um yeah games man i don't know <laughs> games <laughs> oh dvj asked who did the voice for this game uh i just linked it in the chat and uh that's actually uh like the the voice singing in the song that's actually william Pugh, um who made the stanley parable and uh, then there's some voice over in the actual game uh where, where people are like hey give me your bagel man and that's william and myself uh, <laughs> yeah all done in one minute as well yeah i think the the super short game jams teach you things that normal game jams can't or well just making games normally can't really teach you because they require you to take an idea and strip everything extra out of it like you need to create the most simplistic version of it the most minimal everything so and then you just have to implement that and uh yeah and then of course finish it so you get like these super super small things some people like in an hour they can create crazy amount of content like uh sauce one one of his zero hour game jam games like blew me out of the water i was like how did he make this <laughs> in an hour i hardly got shooting set up but yeah there's all sorts of stuff yeah i think uh like shooting for the, the smallest thing possible is is really good but it's also very good if you uh try and make it like like a longer game or a bigger game uh for that matter because like the, the the cooler and clearer your base concept is and anything you do like i think the more it will affect people like uh, lots of lots of games that are huge have this one uh, cool mechanic to them that kind of explains everything mm -hmm. uh, or this one weird concept uh i don't know mechanic or story wise uh and yeah the, the, the clearer that picture is the clearer that concept of that you're working um towards other that you're basing things uh, on uh, the, the more interesting your result like you can you can make something that's just like another game and take that as your goal to, uh, i want to make the next battlefield like let's let's make battlefield 9 uh today uh you won't get anywhere interesting because it's just the same thing but if you if you look at the input you have on a game uh thinking in in concepts or creating your own weird little rules that kind of shape the style and the, the whole game as it's on its own um, like I think that's always a really cool approach to making games especially in a game jam <clears throat> yeah I, with did rules mm -hmm. oh yeah it absolutely did with rules yeah like all the all the best game designers that I know they always come up with rules and they're like what if you did this but this and then in order to uh, you know make it make it challenging you do this and the best rules that i find are the rules that give you a choice like you could do this but you could also do this and each has their own benefits and uh and uh restrictions no benefits and downfalls i guess like uh like i was just thinking uh you know oh hey what if you made a shooter which has probably already been done uh where um you shoot your life instead um, so you can go around shooting everybody, uh, but you're going to die if you run out of your life. And then that might make it so you want to sneak around a lot and like stab them from behind. Um, and I, I think that the best, 
the best rules are always those that kind of give you a choice and make you think. So there, there's different play styles that come out of a game, so to say. Yeah, I think uh, coming up with rules for your world and then making these very specific exceptions to them, uh, like that can take your game to very interesting places. Just look at uh, Nuclear Throne, for example. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a super, uh, it's like it's super well balanced, but there's um, so many weird exceptions to all the characters and the way uh, using them and the different weapons totally change uh, the whole game. Uh, like I'm in awe of, of the way they managed to pull that off. Uh, and yeah, like I think in my own stuff I do, there's, there's always like this one sentence explanation to everything. For example, it's a twine game, but there's a really weird ending to it. Um, it's a multiplayer online game, but it only lasts for 10 seconds. Uh, this, this really core ideas to everything uh, that, yeah, as I said, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's that's just going all in itself being able to to uh, give kind of the elevator pitch. <laughs> um, yeah, I was at college and we had to give an elevator pitch and it was awful. It was like, yeah, so uh, this is a thing that you, yeah, you, you shoot. <laughs> yeah, being stuff. aware of uh, <laughs> the actual strength of your game and maybe its weaknesses as well, uh, and being able to like grasp. The, the overall concept and the idea of it and the way it makes you feel when you play it uh, like that's really valuable to have as opposed to just making something and adding stuff to it and seeing where you end up sweet yeah that's a process man <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, so we've got quite a few people in the IRC uh, if you're just listening in um, I don't know how much longer the show's gonna go on uh, but you can jump in the IRC uh, it's at the bottom of the uh, radio page on the Indie Function website uh, you can jump in chat with us uh, ask any questions uh, before we go off because we're probably gonna wrap it up in 10 maybe 20 minutes <clears throat> so jump in talk to us ask questions be weird do whatever you want so what's yeah, man, just some cool dudes having fun <laughs> pretty much oh uh, sorry you cut out that for a second oh no it, it was fine um i was going to ask uh what's what's the first step that you take when you come up with a new idea the first step that i take when i come up with a new idea yeah what, what do you usually do first when you uh, make a new game do you mock up art for it do you start thinking about how you're going to mm-hmm. code it do you think about mechanics like do you figure out the full scope of it where do you go Do you even know? <laughs> Does it vary? Uh, sorry if there was a delay right there. Uh, Skype was acting weird. Uh, I think the, the first uh, the first thing I, I do is probably take my notebook and a pen and just draw up uh, weird tiny thumbnails and examples for how the thing could work, uh, which is basically starting with the art as well at that, that stage. Um, yeah, just draw up the thing. How how could it look like? How could it feel like? Um, but mostly, what I do is I write down lots of weird variations of one thing, uh, and then I throw out the ones that suck and keep the ones uh, that stick with me for some reason. Um, and then I try to to figure out what makes it good. Uh, why is why is this weird mechanic where you can uh, 
where you can shoot tentacles in this game I'm making called Octodad 3, for example. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, uh, how is that interesting? Like, what, what makes the player do that? What's, what's the player's motivation? What is the feeling I'm trying to convey with it? And then eventually, uh, when I when I have that down, I think I try and shape it into something, uh, thinking about controls, thinking about how could it could the, could it look like in terms of the style. I think style um, is often derived from uh, weird rules as well. Like for example, uh, I I don't want an, any. Uh, anti-aliasing on on this graphics i want uh, to use certain colors only uh, and then sticking with those rules Mm -hmm. um, during development like that's a very good first step to take i think to make something that looks coherent aesthetically um, but it's also coherent in terms of its mechanics and being able to convey to the player what's going on um and how to play it, how all of this works, besides the exceptions that you put in. Uh, yeah, and just starting from there, uh, take your ideas, throw out half of them because they suck, and then try and find rules that uh, make them interesting. Hmm. What do you think? What do I think? What? How do I do it? Um... What's your first step? <laughs> Open up <laughs> my code editor and sit there for an hour? Um... Make some cool variables and functions yep uh no uh well i i primarily just do uh uh programming it's like what what word am i looking for uh i i guess i also do sound effects kind of not really really crappy sfx with my with my mouth um so like uh like our our perspectives right here are completely different because i i don't even have to worry about art that's that's all my artist's job or me drawing squares uh, which happens in about half of my games i mean squares are fine yeah squares are fine uh, i got featured on newgrounds with a game made completely of squares (laughs) however that happened i don't know at the end of it at the end of the day all games are made of squares and uh, Mm -hmm. we shouldn't be uh assholes about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah some people manage to pretty up their squares a bit uh, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, I did have Noel Berry do some cool stuff with the squares to make them less boring, but yeah. Um I I don't know. I just kind of guess I come up with an idea and try to expand on it and figure out what's interesting about it kind of like you were saying. Um I'm, I'm jumping to an idea. I, I, like with Ludum Dare the first like 2 hours are me and my artist or me and whoever I'm collaborating with like throwing ideas off of each other and both of us saying that's dumb <laughs> until <laughs> something sticks or we grab the least terrible idea and try to make it into something good um and then from there uh recently i've been kind of thinking about code structure instead of just going in and making a bunch of crappy code i start thinking like how should i lay this out so i can get a really cool uh, kind of system working. And that also helps with my motivation, because, like, I didn't need to write the system. I could have done it really terrible with a you know, switch case or, yeah. you know, whatever. But doing it really cool helps my motivation, so that... But yeah, no, I I don't know. I just make games and <laughs> finish them. Uh, you know, yeah, I, well, I a, should... A oh, sorry? If it works for you. Yeah. I should think about 
my own answers for questions when I ask them in the future. I yeah, man, embrace that uh, mystery and uh, <laughs> look inside of yourself. It's always good. True. Like it's it's weird how uh, like you do something a lot and you kind of never really reflect on it that much. Like mm -hmm. I had to think about this a lot, like while I was talking about it as well. And I know it's just like it's it's often it's a very unconscious process. And I think it's that for lots of people, like they they aren't really aware of what they're doing at any point in time. But some of them manage to pull off something really great. But it's always good to understand what you what you're doing. Like that sounds super dumb, but just being aware of your your choices uh, that you're making and your mm -hmm. uh, ideas and roots that you stick with. That's uh, always good. Making a game, I think. Yeah. Why am I doing this instead of that? Yeah. Yeah. Should be more aware. Hmm. Yeah. The the last jam that I did. I'm trying to think what I did. It was uh it was a game maker jam. Um, It was the same weekend as Global Game Jam, and me and uh, me and uh, Marcus Pearson wanted to make something, but it was um, you you got to be in person, you know, to do Global Game Jam. So we're like, hey, we found this other jam, let's do that. So um, with that, uh, we kind of bounced ideas off of each other, and he came up with with the idea. Um, it was uh, the theme was synchronize, and with Marcus being a musician, he's like, oh, dude, we got to do a music game. Yeah. Um, so I guess I just made a really simple proof of concept, and then, um, I failed to create an endgame state, which is something I should have done, like, right away. I got kind of consumed by my, my engine, and then this one problem that took me, like, a month to figure out <laughs> after the jam. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, I'm just rambling now. I don't know where I was going with this. I was thinking, like, I'd explain kind of my process better but yeah i don't know i mean starting at some point and then just expanding on it like that could be that that could be a core principle of designing a thing like a, from a methodological standpoint just uh starting with anything and then not really thinking about it just adding to it like that could be a really interesting mm -hmm. development process as well um, yeah so yeah um, anything that works for you uh is totally viable it's just uh I, I like to be very perfectionist about things and oh, yes. uh, be very aware of what I'm doing and what my motivation is and what the player's motivation should be at any point in time. Uh, so it can it can be a lot of stress thinking about all that stuff when it's not really that necessary. But I'd rather think a lot about stuff beforehand and then make it than uh, trying to figure out things uh, while the car is moving and uh, building it. Um, so, so yeah, it's like yeah, anything that works for you yeah it's kind of like do you when you build a house do you do you build the the outer interior or outer interior that's not what i was trying to say the, <laughs> the outer exterior <laughs> of the house and then make the rooms afterwards or do you start and make a room really nice and then move on to building the next Yeah, and sometimes it's totally okay to just draw a shitty house on cardboard and put it somewhere and then move on to the next thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's very weird how that changes for, for different people. Build the house, break it down, start over. Yeah. Uh, all right, um, so we got through quite a bit today. I, I'm pretty satisfied <laughs> with what yeah, we talked about. Any more about. questions that can be posted in the chat right now before 
I will go back to work for the rest of the year and never appear again. This is his only public appearance other than a maze. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> what's next up for you? Like, are you going to any cool events? Working on? Stuff? No, I I wasn't able to go to GDC, PAX, or anything. I'm a broke, broke child right now. Broke nineteen year old. Yeah. I just started a, a savings fund for myself to actually go to GDC once, and I made it. Like, I, I always feel weird about it. Like, it's this huge, huge, big thing, and it's literally. Just a week of games, 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 games. I'm not sure how much I like that because this. I think it's a very insular thing at times, and I'm kind of like just working on my own stuff. Of course, it's super nice to meet friends, but in any case, I want to go once and then find actual reasons to hate it instead of just just being presumptuous about it. But yeah. EDC, that's that's a big thing. I Everybody think. gets sick. I don't want to go. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a kind of valid point. <laughs> that's that's all that my Twitter is right now. Oh, GDC sickness. When will you leave? Yeah, I recommend the European events. Uh, like that's it's always super clean. Uh, people take care of themselves. Uh, <laughs> people look very beautiful. Um, yeah, I think next up for me is a maze in late April. Then I go to something in uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, I forgot the name, but it's sort of kind of a smaller thing as well. Mm-hmm. And I always love to go to um, Game City in Nottingham. Like yep. They have their very own space for it, and uh, it's basically just a house full of uh, people showing cool stuff. Um, yeah, events. It's it's a it's a good thing to go places and meet people and uh, like find out how they tick and. Uh, see that you're not not alone making all these Mm -hmm. weird little things yeah i went to indie city this past uh october or indie city oops uh indiecade it it was my first time ever going to an event i've been stuck in minnesota most of my life um until i went to college in florida and that kind of expanded my world but yeah no with with uh indiecade like it was nuts because i had never met like any developers that i had met online and, like, you know, I saw, like, all sorts of people. I I had dinner with Adam Saltzman. I hung out with Rami for, like, a couple minutes. And, like, it was just, like, this giant rush of, like, meeting all these cool people. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally know what you're talking about. I goosebumps when I meet people from the internet for the first time. Uh, but, yeah, eventually, like, it's really cool to, to become friends with the people you look up to. And, uh, but, like be able to to talk about your work together and uh, yeah i think the development process can be very lonely at points like for example i work from home all the time and it's just me sitting here drawing stuff and uh, so it's really good to go to events uh, just visit people to to be together and see that it's, it's actually not that much of a crazy mad thing that you're doing but it's totally a, a cool thing that people should do mm-hmm all right, last question. Davy Jones asks, Dom, are you planning to stream while you're working on some art? Well, Davy Jones, uh, I, I am planning to stream. It's just that for the project I'm uh, putting the most time into right now, um, that's all still kind of secret, and I'm not sure when we will reveal stuff. Uh, I, I think there will be a development blog at some point, so uh, there might be some stuff in there. Uh, it's just that the premise of the game doesn't really allow for 
telling you anything about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I, I totally want to try and do some streams of just me doodling uh, weird, maybe not games related stuff, or maybe for a side project. Uh, like now that I have the means and the the internet to actually do it, uh, I'm super interested in that. Fantastic. And now that uh, like YouTube and Twitch are ever growing and becoming more and more present within this community. Uh, I want to take the chance and uh, be famous. <laughs> be famous. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Uh, I think that's all. So thanks for everybody that listened in. And uh, before we do the credits, I want to put a plug right here. Um, well, first off, uh, Dominic, like go check out his website. What's your URL? Uh, you can view all my work at dominicjohan.de. Uh, you can go to dom.inc for my Tumblr blog where I post uh, stuff in uh, not regular intervals of time. Uh, my Twitter is kind of weird to pronounce. It's Sashdora, which is a wo- uh, German word. It means destroyer, which is pretty cool, but it's totally hard to write. So just go to either dom.inc or dominicjohan.de to find my Twitter and follow me, please. Uh, there will be lots of cool news in the yep. near future. Yeah, if anybody wants to... Uh get to Dominic's uh, Twitter. We've mentioned him like five times in the last couple of hours, so <laughs> just head over to ours. All right. Um, and then uh, Indie Power Magazine issue number three comes out uh, next Sunday on the 22nd. It was going to come out tomorrow, but there was no way we could get in, uh, all of our content <clears throat> in there, so I pushed it back a week. Hope hope you guys aren't too heartbroken. But yeah, uh, we've got Indie Power Mag coming out next Sunday, and we have our video series that we've revived that's going on on YouTube, so go check out some other stuff on Indie Function. And we will get to the credits now. i got to open it up. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you for listening in to broadcast number 57 of Indie Radio. This broadcast is broadcasted live with 1,000 mics and was recorded using Audacity. Our next interview will be on March 28, 2015 with Felix Kramer. Thank you Yay. again for listening, and have a fantastic weekend.